I'm Sandy Swallow. I'm Okalala Lakota and Northern Cheyenne. I've been an artist for over 30 years and through my artwork have portrayed my heritage. Now I'm starting a brand new venture called Lakota Link and I'm here to share with you and I hope you enjoy it. Lakota Link. Greetings from the home of the Seven Council Fires land of the 1868 Fort Laramie treaties, bringing stories old and new of Lakota values, courage, respect, wisdom, to name a few. Well, hi Vic, I I want my listeners to, I know they're, very well acquainted with my brother's cousin, Vic Swallow, who is a Lakota elder. He lives in Rapid City, and I live in Spearfish, and this morning it's just snowing and blowing here in Spearfish, but how is it down there? Uh, The clouds kind of broke away, and the sun is almost out. Oh, good. But it's... uh, Fairly nice out. Good, good. Vic, I I was so glad that you're willing to share your experience with having contacted COVID and uh if you don't mind, can you just kinda kinda share with us? You your family was very careful, right, to begin with. Uh yes, uh my daughter, my youngest daughter, is uh, really looks after us. And there was a point where she would come up and make Clorox water for us and wipe down all the door handles and light switches and everything. And this went on for a while, and and we uh, made sure we uh, uh, wore our masks and. We did. She went shopping for us originally for probably like three weeks, and uh, then uh, we went shopping, but we neglected to wash our hands once we got back to the house. And uh, I had been down to the bank and came back and. Uh, didn't wash my hands and uh, made a sandwich, but there's no telling where I I got it. Oh no! Uh, and and you know this this has been a long haul. You know, people to begin with thought that it was going to be over in a couple of months, maybe two or three yeah. months, and and it's just been awfully hard to continue to be so careful, but. It's human nature. We we forget, or we get tired of it, or don't think about it, and it's like you said, very hard to tell where you picked it up. Yes, so uh, it uh, it affected me, uh, but I didn't have any symptoms. I uh, had been up to take the wife up to get. Uh, 
her meds and came back and I got out of the pickup and lost my balance and went backward and fell down in the driveway there and I I couldn't get up. I just didn't have the strength and the wife went in the house and she thought I was visiting the neighbor and I laid out there for 20 minutes of flailing around trying to get up and finding my boy and the granddaughter uh, came back and helped me up and I went in the house and then over the next uh, several days I fell down my house I think a total of three times and couldn't get up and just gradually got weaker and and uh, my daughter said, uh, yeah, I'm going to take you up to San, to San, to uh, get you a, maybe it's your uh, sinus infection that, that kind of messes up your equilibrium. And I'd been that way before. I didn't fall down, but uh, couldn't focus in with my eyes. And so we got up there and. Uh, they tested me for this virus, and it came out positive. But I didn't—I wasn't running you know, much of a fever, just a little bit high. But did didn't you have any of the symptoms? Did you lose your uh, smell or taste? No, no symptoms at all. Oh, okay. Just weak and and falling down. Mm-hmm. That was uh, the symptoms. That's the only thing I had. And then, uh, so they fixed me a bed in the front room, and and uh, that's where I slept. And the next day, uh, she had come back from work, and the doctor had told her to watch for my temperature if it goes up, and check my oxygen level. My wife's got a, a meter or a tester. And when she came back from work, which was 8 o'clock at night, I was uh, running a fever and my oxygen level was uh, really low. And uh, they had put a depends on me, or I put one on and I told her I got to go to the bathroom before we head for the the hospital, uh, Monument Health. And uh, when I got up to go, I just completely filled that uh, uh, depends up. And so my boy, he helped me clean up and put a new one on. And and she. Uh, took me to the hospital and I was so weak I uh I just couldn't help myself you know Oh it, sure uh, Yeah and uh they Well when took you me in and, when you got to the hospital did they come out with the wheelchair or how did that happen? Uh yes they came out and they had to help me get in that wheelchair I had uh deteriorated that much where I I just couldn't uh, couldn't stand or help myself, and they got me in there and signed me in, and uh, 
and then they uh, took me to the tenth floor. And when I got to the tenth floor, uh, everybody on that tenth floor was wearing masks and gowns, and uh, each uh, room had a a door, and uh, there was a window and uh, blinds. And I got in there, and there was a couple of little women that just undressed me and got me in a gown and hooked me up to different things. And uh, uh, that was kind of the beginning of my stay there. Uh, And then, uh, you know, the next morning, uh, I I don't know where all the... uh, they put into me. I had a high level of oxygen going into me, and a doctor came and said uh, the only only words of encouragement he gave me is, "You are breathing on your own, and uh, that's a good sign. And I think you're going to be all right." And uh, of course. I took that to mean I'd be out of here in a few days. Well, it took 12 days. I stayed there, but uh, it, it was just luck or not luck. I was fortunate to have a daughter that uh, had me go into the uh, hospital before it. I, I got uh, bad where I couldn't breathe. And I might have had to go on a, uh, you know, a ventilator. But uh, it, uh, it, it, you lay there in the dark and you don't, I never thought about uh, maybe dying or I uh, assumed I would get out of there and uh, I did whatever the, uh, wanted me to do, you know, and I uh, urinated, I peed on myself, I don't know how many times, maybe, I couldn't count, they have at the hospital there, they have these interns or these people from different countries, there was two little ladies from Zaire, Africa, that uh, one of them told me they signed a contract for three years and and they work in the hospital there and they just uh, were real efficient and cleaned me up every time and uh, then there was uh, some from the Philippines little women they were just hard workers you know to better themselves then of course the hospital food is, you know, not the real appetizing anyway, and, but it will keep you alive. And so the first uh, maybe three days I was in there, I didn't eat very much. I wasn't hungry, and uh, and then besides that, I was constipated. And they gave me pills to handle that, but... They weren't working, so I told them, I, uh, the only thing works for me is prune juice, so 
the doctor, he ordered them to get me some prune juice, and I ordered some from the uh, from the food service. So I had four bottles of that, and I drank that. And a little while later, I uh, yeah, they got they got me a walker. This was after about five days. And I just barely made it in there, and I uh, yeah, so after that I start eating uh, more, but not a lot, you know. I I I, I figured out what was uh, tasted good, you know. Some of it I like soup, and their potato soup was pretty good, and and, um, and their uh, tuna salad and egg salad was pretty good the rest of it I, I I just ate because I had to eat it uh, different ones called me uh, some that I hadn't talked to for three or four years you know it uh, made me feel good that they thought of me but uh, in the meantime I had heard I had heard that uh, one of my relatives, she was only 31 years old, had died from that virus, and one of the wife's cousins, he was 85, he had died, and of course here recently another cousin of mine had died from that virus. She was 71 also. It uh, it makes you realize uh, you take things for granted and uh, you become more uh, you you have more empathy you you're able to look over there and say uh, you know what if that happened to me and you can put yourself in someone else's shoes and you, know, you realize that uh, you're uh, Relatives and friends are pretty important. Uh, we're all getting older, and uh, we need to associate with each other. But it's uh, it's almost impossible to do it now with uh, uh, this covert business. Well, when you, uh, well, I know they. You said that they gave you a little extra help, didn't they, with the transfusion? Yeah, I I didn't, I was kind of skeptical, and I didn't want to take that uh, plasma. And uh, But after it was about five days, I woke up in the, at night, and I could not breathe. I just gasp for air and uh, I knew I didn't want to panic because I would hyperventilate and it'd make it worse so I pressed the button and the nurses came in and one of them she said uh, should I call the doctor and the other one said uh, no let's set him up and increase his oxygen and it was uh, it was up to 10 uh, however they measure it, and uh, told me to take some deep breaths. And it hurt to take them breaths, but I did. 
and I continued, uh, and my oxygen level went up. And uh, so that morning the doctor came in, and he had explained to me that I had to request these, uh, that uh, they help. Uh, so I told him I wanted I wanted him to do that, and he said, okay. And uh, generally they, uh, it comes in a bag that uh, they feed intravenously into you. And the little people or smaller people, they, they give you one bag, but I took two of them. And uh, then uh, a day or so, I start getting a little better, and each day a little better. And they uh, said, uh, he told me, we want to wean you off this oxygen. And uh, it was up to 10, and then it went down to 8, and uh, over a period of probably a week, after I took them uh, that plasma, they they weaned me down to, uh, to down to a two, and then they let me sit uh, without the oxygen for an hour hour and a half, and my lungs kept up with uh, what I needed. And, uh, he it was. Uh, Oriental doctor, a lady, real uh, professional woman, right to the, she always got right to the point, and she said, uh, you'll probably be going home maybe Monday, and uh, she came in Monday and said, well, I want to keep you one more day, and of course, I'm just... uh, Whatever has to happen has to happen. So I wasn't disappointed. I wanted to make sure when I got home I was able to stay there. So she's, I'll I'll keep you one more day. So Tuesday came and I was so weak I had to have, have help getting dressed, but I could walk with the walker. You had to be real super careful because you could fall sideways. Or, and uh, then when I got home, I, I did walk with the walker, my own walker, uh, from the car to the house with them hanging on to me. And I uh, was able to get in the house, but I I was just so weak. And uh, they had got me an oxygen machine, so I, I got on that. And, and then you slowly have to gain strength and you know, exercise in the house. And, and there was uh, people that uh, work for Medicare, uh, women that come up and worked with me on uh doing physical exercises and checking me out and just uh, slowly over a period of time I got stronger and pretty soon I got rid of the walker and then I used a cane and even to this day which is 
it was November the 17th when I got out of there. And uh, so it's uh, been two months, and I'm still uh, still not quite there. I I can breathe pretty good. I uh, got a rest, and uh, my strength isn't... Uh, uh, back uh, where it should be. But, uh, uh, I'm hoping to get back to where I was. You know, 81 isn't uh, young anymore, and you're worn out anyway. And but I uh, hope to get back to that point. I, I went out back and made some kindling. My grandson got me wood, and. But it's uh, you know the the different people that helped us helped my family uh, is was really appreciated. You know they uh, uh, brought us over food and it uh, it makes you realize that I don't like the word lucky. I say fortunate. I'm fortunate that I had a daughter that uh, looked after me and made me go in before I was really, really bad. You know, I never had to go on a ventilator. And uh, and I'm out now, and uh, all the ones that uh, didn't make it, a lot of them a lot younger than me that passed on you know it's it's uh something that we uh as a country didn't take seriously you know we uh for whatever reason it uh it just took off and uh, but now uh, I talked to the doctor about uh when I when I could get a shot, and she said, "Well, you you got these antibodies in you, and they say uh, it uh, could last for three months." But she said that chances are it'll be a lot longer than that, that maybe a close to a year, and uh, they don't know how long they'll last. That plasma that I got. And uh, I would like to donate some of mine, but I take so many meds that uh, maybe they wouldn't want it, you know. Well, you know, I'd like my listeners to understand Vic has always been a very strong man. I mean, he was a hard worker, a bricklayer, and, and I'm sure that strength helped him make it through plus the strength and, and love of his family and his friends that um, were there, you know, praying for him. And I know um, some of them, you know, brought meals. And and uh, the reason I wanted him to tell his story is because there's hope, you know, even, I mean, he's a Lakota elder and, and uh, this got got him down for a while but he's strong and he's building his strength back and 
I so I want to encourage people that if they're in that situation, you know, sometimes it isn't always exactly like they tell you on the news, you know, that you're going to have a yeah. huge high fever and you're going to lose your smell and your taste. And sometimes it can come about in a kind of a sneaky way like it did with Vic. But like he said, he was fortunate. And I'm I'm so glad that he's with us and in a very personal way. I am so happy. I, I think uh, the scientists or the doctors don't know how it uh, how it affects you everyone's different you know young people can die from it in a matter of days and other people linger on and uh, spend months in the hospital and they they come out but they're damaged but i i suspect that it it works on your mind too uh, somehow or another because it seems like uh, I'm, everything depresses me. And uh, I got no reason to be depressed. Everything's okay in my life, but it's just you're down. It's, uh, and a lot of that might be you're so weak, you can't do the things that uh, you used to be able to do. You got to depend on people to do things for you that you used to handle, and that might be part of it, but it's, uh, you know, there's, you you just can't give up. Uh, Me and the wife are going to do whatever we're able to do, you know. I'm 81, and she's 78, and uh, we struggle along, but... uh, we're going to grab whatever life is here and 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 live it. You know, it's uh, try to be as positive as we can and control whatever we can control and don't worry about the rest of it, you know. And that's about what we we got to do. And it's, uh, I'm thankful that I'm able to share my story. You know, there's others that, really uh struggled and um i uh mine was uh not as severe as some of them because i i was in good shape you know i uh, took care of myself for the most part so that all played into me getting where i'm at today you know it's it's still uh, some work to get done but i'm i'm gonna do it but uh, thanks for the opportunity to share my story, and uh, there's always hope, you know, things will be better. Yes, and you you guys take care, and I love you, Vic. Okay, love you too. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed our segment. You know, I, I enjoy visiting with the people, and if you did... Go to sandyswallowgallery.com where you can find my artwork and find some history and some background. Please subscribe to it or 
If you have some comments, we would love to hear your opinion. This is a new adventure for us, and I value your opinion. This song is written and sung by my good friend, Quincy Goodstar. Lakota Link is here to share Lakota values. God bless you on your journey. Wopila, thank you for joining us.